Well, I have a son who likes asking me, would you rather questions? Are you familiar with these kinds of questions? Really hypothetical situations that get your imagination going, no right or wrong answer necessarily. Uh, questions like, Dad, if you were trapped in the woods right now, would you rather run into a bear or a cougar? Dad, uh, if you could have the best house or the best vacations, which one would you rather have? Dad, uh, if you could only have one response for a whole year, would you rather your response to everyone be yes? Or would you rather your response always be no? Dad, would you rather have the same old boring wedding with mom all over again? Or do you want the biggest, best wedding with a brand new person? You can feel free to pray for me. I don't know what my son thinks about uh, my, my marriage and my relationship. Uh, but these are the kind of questions that I get hit with on a nightly bedtime basis. They're really fun questions. They're totally make-believe scenarios that will never, ever happen. Questions that have no right answers to them. Uh, I, except, uh, I suppose, that last one about my wife very much does. But uh, these are would-you-rather questions. And I would like to start today by asking you a would-you-rather question. And uh, if technology uh, serves us correctly here, uh, this question is actually going to show up as a poll on your Facebook feed right now. So I'd love to have everyone play along with it. If you could gather as a church in only one way for the next year, would you rather that would you rather meet as a big church in a big building or as a small church house to house which one would you rather audience participation is greatly appreciated in these online messages so please take a moment to answer that right now uh, again big church in a big building small church house to house another way to say it is do you want to have the worship services or do you want to have your missional community? You can only pick one. Uh, no right answer. Please completely make believe. I pray that we never have to face this situation. But which one would you rather it be? And here's a line from scripture I'm going to take you to today uh, that recently captured my imagination on a question just like this. Acts chapter 5 verse 42. It says, day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Temple courts and house to house. A place for some special teaching to take place and a place for particular personal discovery. A noticeable public rally point and an underground person-to-person -person kind of movement. A platform for church leadership. A playground where everyone's gift gets to shine. Uh, uh, they express themselves in informal uh, songs and readings. And then they express themselves in interpersonal stories and, and questions. They had times for a worship service. And another time for their missional community. Temple courts. House to house. Temple courts. 
house to house, back and forth, back and forth. These were the two rallying points by which those, those early followers of Jesus proclaimed the great glorious news of King Jesus. And that was the point of the gatherings. Like, look at it again in Acts chapter 5. Uh, it, it says, there, there is a Savior to the world. There is a sent one from God. There, there is forgiveness that was paid for us at the cross. There is a new life because of the empty tomb. Uh, there's there's the, the dilemmas of the human soul that now gets handed over unencumbered to an open, grace-filled relationship with God. That is the greatness. That is the good news of King Jesus. And so day after day, alternating between like the temple courts and house to house, that's how they taught and proclaimed King Jesus. Uh, so while there, there's no right answer to my opening would you rather question, uh, it's at times like this, Lake Point Church, that God is calling us to pay attention to the other half of what church is. House to house is the other half of church. I don't know how much you're coming through the, the updates from, from our, our governor and what it means to gathering as a church, but our governor is not welcoming us on May 26th to, to regather all over again when Safer at Home starts to lift. We are not a phase one business. When phase two comes around at some undetermined time, uh, we'll only be allowed to gather in, uh, in, in the building with the size of 50 people. And I'm still trying to figure out if that helps us or, or not right now. So for all effective purposes, we are a phase three back to business uh, under the Badger Bounce Back program, which God only knows when that's actually going to take place. And regardless of whether or not uh, you, you agree with our governor on that or disagree with him or uh, how your politics affects your feelings in the midst of all that, none, none of that matters. Uh, the question is not, when can we get back to church? The question is not, when can we get back to church? The question is, why not gather as the church right now? Why not? The house-to-house -house half of church has been sitting in the backseat of what the Western world has known church to be for far too long. And it's time for that house-to-house -house half of what church is to move to the front seat and start driving what this thing is. Because uh, here's what you know, right? Uh, long before our world is comfortable gathering in hundreds again. Long before that, they'll be comfortable gathering in 10s, 20s, 30s, maybe 50s. And, and even when we are gathering back on a Sunday morning in the building uh, at our facility, uh, we all know that this thing's gonna kinda like ride like a roller coaster. I mean, that's what they're telling us, right? That, hey, when the virus uh, count goes back up again, then we're gonna have to pull back some measures, and that means big gatherings, like a couple hundred people on a Sunday morning. That, that's gonna go to the back seat uh, again, it's the house, the house that needs to move to the front. It's, and you know, anyway, right now, your neighbor doesn't give a rat's backside on, on what, uh, what's going on inside a church building and when the church gets to meet in that building again because they never came in the first place. What your neighbor does care about is you. What happens in your household as it overflows and affects their household your neighbor cares about house to house. So what we have got in front of us right now 
an opportunity if you'll see it as such, a, a perfect storm making us face and making us focus and making us become what the other half of church is always meant to be. Neighbor to neighbor, house to house, stories, questions, underground, person to person, everyday relationships. So let me take you over to a day, uh, a scripture uh, today um, that's going to tell a story that I never, ever, never thought I was going to teach on. You know, as, as a Bible college student, leaving through all these stories from God, I could picture, hey, I'm going to teach on this someday and that. And I always came to this one, I'm like, oh boy, hope, uh, hope I never run into it. Well, we're running into it today. So buckle up, have some fun. We're going to be in Acts chapter 5. I really encourage you to open a Bible or a Bible app at this time to have it in front of you. Um, if you're new to Lake Point Church or, or to Bible teaching in general, here's how things kind of work. I, I do my best to put myself in a prayerful position with God to hear from Him. What, what is the point He's trying to land into our place and our time right now? So many stories and scriptures, but which one of those, God, do you want to match up with what we have in front of us? And after He does that, and, and with a line like this from Acts chapter 5, verse 42, what we then try to do is spend a little time on it. Okay, look, look at the, the other things that surround this point that God's going to make for us uh, about being a church that's house to house. And uh, it helps to take it from different angles. It helps to give it some time to soak in. So we're going to build a series out of this, uh, really. And uh, you'll be happy to hear that this series is not going to be about coming up with the right answer of where and how many people are, are supposed to gather. That's really not the point at all going to go back to who we are. Uh, the power of the house-to-house -house church, uh, the, the reason that God added to their number daily, uh, is that it was the power of the church scattered. When you start scattering great people with the great news of King Jesus into the everyday lives and everyday relationships where people are already at, that's, that's how this thing catches like wildfire. It starts with you being a great person in Jesus. Now, being a great person doesn't mean getting it all right. Thank God for that. That's, that, that's Jesus' part. He's the one who's gotten it right for us. But it does mean that you got to be real about your place and what this thing called church really is. So uh, enough introduction there. Let, let me just read the story for what it is. Acts chapter 5, starting with verse number 1. It says... Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. That's where we left off in chapter 4. A guy named Barnabas sold his land, uh, donated it to the, the church for the people that were in need amongst them. And uh, so that's where the word also is coming from. So they got the idea they ought to do this. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said to Ananias, How is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received from the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? In other words, this your choice, your land, your money from the land. What made you think of doing such a thing? You're not lied, just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. 
And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. You can imagine people are afraid if someone's fallen over dead in the, in, in the doorstep of, uh, of a church that's meeting in home. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in. Not knowing what had happened, Peter asked her, Tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, this is the price. What do you think happened next? Peter said to her, How could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in and, finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. It's real. It's raw. It's dangerous. And it's authentic. But seriously, what, what are you and I supposed to do with a story like this? People dropping over dead in the doorstep of a church. Well, I've got a couple observations I'm going to start with uh, before I try to show you where we really go with it. The first thing is I think it's important to observe that this, this isn't normal. Uh, this is not the characteristic stories of our scriptures. What's actually most normative, if you go through the whole Bible, is, is the grace of God taking a long time, seemingly way too long of a time, uh, before people get what they're due. Uh, you, you look at the uh, story of Israel's stubborn and wayward ways in the Old Testament, and it, not only did God wait generations, but centuries uh, of giving them the chance to come back to him. Uh, we read stories about bad kings who uh, live a long, healthy life. You see evil empires like, like the great Babylon just, just rise to the top by stepping on everyone on, on their way to that place. Uh, and as you move into like the New Testament, into Christians like we are today, uh, even, even still there's this thing called dishonest gain out there because people do gain things, at least for a time, out of being dishonest. Uh, not to mention that, but uh, you know our enemies knock us down, and it seems like they get to stand over us uh, for a while, and then all the while we're told to like join God and in His patience and love our enemies and giving people the opportunity to, to to come to repentance. So why then this odd story, this odd uncharacteristic story about Ananias and Sapphira, who are given no time and no patience, no opportunity? To repent. Well, it takes me to the second thing uh, I'll, I'll observe here is that uh, uh, there's no nonsense, no time uh, uh, re response uh, here. It's found elsewhere in our scriptures, uh, but, but only when someone disregards sacred space. That's the only other time we consistently see people falling over dead. Uh, 2 Samuel chapter 6, when David treated the Ark of God like it was some kind of ox cart cargo um, rather than the, uh, the sacred space of God that it was, someone touched it and died on the spot. Leviticus 10, when Aaron's sons uh, in, infringed on the holiness of the sanctuary, they died there on the spot. In Joshua chapter 7, when Achan keeps some of the devoted things to, to God, he dies there on the spot. Second Chronicles 26, when King Uzziah infringes on the sanctuary, he is given a terminal illness 
right there in the spots. And so many of the, uh, the, the places in our scriptures that, that Exodus, Leviticus section of the Bible, which really kind of turns into the graveyard of, of Bible readers for you and I, where we're like, where are we going with this? This is getting lost in the details. It's so many of those details. Is God spelling out what does it mean to have a sacred space? How to make preparations for it? How to abide when you're there? How to be a person that's prepared to enter into sacred space with him? It just mattered that much to God. So the, particularly in the building of the tabernacle and the temple, these are the only consistent stories that we have of people falling over dead. And now what's happening here at the formation of what it means to participate in the gathered life of the church, house to house. Implicitly, what God's giving us is that the connection and the community of people gathered to proclaim Jesus is on the same parallel grounds of sacred space as that of the old tabernacle and that of the temple. Okay, one more observation I'm going to make, and uh, uh, this is where I'm going to start turning a little back to you and I. The money wasn't the issue in the story. The authentic participation was. I mean, I don't think Peter's being greedy, right? I mean, this is people donating money from their fields to, to be spread up for the common good and meet other people's needs. There's no mention of his uh, paycheck getting padded because of this. Uh, there were no obligatory rules of engagement here. If you go back to verse 4, uh, Pete says it this way. Man, the, the field was yours to begin with. Uh, what you did with the sale of it was up to you. In other words, like it, you could have kept all the money to yourself. That would have been okay. It, you could sell your land and you could give all the money to the church. That would be okay too. You could sell your land and you could go 50-50. You could go 90-10. Well, you, you could do whatever your heart desired because that was your land and your money from the land, but, but the one thing that you cannot do in this community called the church is to be a pretender about your participation here. Don't you dare make a show of your generosity that really isn't there. Don't you dare to pretend to participate in something you're not really participating in when this is a sacred space. And as the next few lines of the story really play out, we read things like, uh, no one else dared to join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and they were added to their number daily. People were bringing their sick and their tormented to the church and people were finding their wholeness and healing uh, alongside of them. So here, here's like the irony of authenticity, right? No one dared to join the church because if you... We're trying to fake your participation in the church, you might end up dead. That's the story that, that, that was getting around. But if you were to go all in on your participation with the church, well, well that puts you in the hot spot of persecution, as we're going to learn later in, in the story. Okay, but, but, but still, more and more people kept believing. And, and God was adding to their number Daily, despite this raw, dangerous authenticity where people are literally afraid. We're told at least twice in this text that they are afraid to join the church. But they couldn't help join. They were still highly regarded by people because it was real. There was still wholeness 
and the healing that was taking place amongst those who joined them because it was real. And people kept making this life-altering, although life-threatening decision, this leap of faith into Jesus and into his church because what was going on in people there was real. There was an authenticity to each individual. Here's what I really want to leave you with today about what it means to gather as a church, house to house, or in any way God would have us and allow us to gather, okay? Um, One of the earliest building blocks to what the church is, the church that wears his name, the kingdom of God being on the move, one of the earliest building blocks is the honest, authentic, participating you. That's one of the earliest starts of it. Uh, We've all run into our share of fake Christians, have we not? And and nothing repels people further and faster than a fake Christian. Not not failing Christians, because that's all of us, but the people who are going to be fake about those failures and fake about what they're really bringing to the table. Nothing repels further and faster. you, You take that same lesson right there and flip it all back around in the other direction. Nothing, nothing draws people to Jesus closer and quicker than authentic Christians. Nothing else. Nothing else like the real you, the real authentic you matters that much. Your participation is what makes this space as sacred as it is. A space that wears the name of Jesus the body of Christ. All all the stories that we read today, it happens in the context of people who are sharing everything that they had, an environment that became a place where no one was left in a needy position among them. And and so right now, you you might be the person who has real needs, and you might be the person who has something real to offer. Uh, But whether you're on the need side or the offering side, the the, the point is we we all got to be real about it and, and put it on the table. Grace is not an abstract concept in in, in God's world. Grace is what moves us into connection and into community uh, with with others who have real needs and and alongside people who are going to really put tangible forms of generosity forward to meet each other's needs. There are so so many places we're going to go with this in this series. But it doesn't move an inch from here without authenticity. That is the one killer of what God's community, what the gatherings of God's people is all about. So what I'm going to ask you to do is really make some space to be real. Be real right now about your participation in what church really is. Uh, the text we covered today, it, it gives you the freedom. You can, you can make that a little bit or you can make that a lot. But whatever your partition is going, participation is going to be, it's got to be real. And it's got to respect sacred space. Because whether we're gathered in the building or whether we're gathered house to house or whether the gathering takes the form of your house loving on the neighbor's house next to you, that's what sacred space really is. Thank you.